Final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong podcast. I'm Emma's Kennedy, and as usual, I'm in the company of At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. Who will be joining me for the week on ITV as we cover Epsom, and that's exactly what this podcast is about for At The Races. We are also joined by Matchbook's Rory DeLarge. Good evening. Good evening, Rory. I uh, hope you're well and glad to have your company again. Right, let's kick it off with the Group 1 action on day one. Are you okay, Rory? This is like uh, 1980s Eurovision where there's a, like a massive delay and the person starts talking like five minutes after the interviewer has said hello. Come in, come in, Romania. Can you hear us? Good evening, Irlanda Duisbois. All right, uh, the the Investec Coronation Cup is live on ITV at ten past three. It's a race that Idaho's brother Highland Real won last year. Famously, of course, they arrived late. Um, and Highland Real sweated up as he used to do. Uh, Idaho continues that tradition. Yucatan, who is a big hope in the Derby for Kevin and I last year, and for every <laughs> final oh, podcast would lead this year. Coronation Cup on the Ballydoyle horses, Kennedy. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, uh, poor old Yucatan. Uh, maybe this will be his day. But then again, he's got the mighty Cracksman to go and face. Uh, he is one point three currently on the exchanges, and Rory, there's a fair argument to be made that he could even be shorter. I know he's a horse you're not that keen to take on. No, I, I see no reason to take Cracksman on. Um, often you look at a race like this and you you immediately spot the favorite and you think is it a way of getting this beat uh and sometimes that's a fair starting point for races but uh other times you're just looking something blindingly obvious in the face he's been beaten twice um or he's been beaten right here before um but i don't think that's any reason why he, he won't be a major player uh, a major player is understating it massively um the soft ground has come in his favor he was enormously impressive um, at Ascot at the, at the back end of last year yeah. and was better than the bare result when um, when winning the pre Ghana. Uh, he's a lot better than his opposition and really should win easily. Is he a horse that was just slow to come to hand last year? Because in, at the end of the day, he was beaten in the Derby and yeah, there were excuses. He was beaten at the Curra and yeah, there were excuses. But this is a mile four and he's a 1.33 shot. So you have to try and find some kind of chink in his armour. But the more you look at the opposition, the more difficult it is to see something that can actually go and beat him. Like, he'd really have to have an off day to get beaten. Yeah, and we had a chat about this earlier on. The one thing you can say is he's been to Epsom twice before, and Epsom is one of those tracks that most good horses will handle. Hmm. Um, it, interesting argument from Willie Carson about this, who said the worst place you could send a horse to trial for the Derby is Epsom. Because they'll get away with it the first time, but the second time you try them, they might remember that, they might not enjoy it. Uh, and obviously he's been to Epsom twice before. He, he, he won the um, the Blue Ribbon trial before going to the Derby, and he put up a career best in finishing third that day, but he's improved a fair bit since. Maybe coming back to Epsom for the third time, he might not enjoy it at all. That's always a possibility, but you know, how can you put a figure on that yeah. is the question. Yeah. And I think that's very hard to do. And, you know, he needs to be a long way below form. He's, he's, he really has the best part of a stone in hand of his rivals in these sort of conditions. So we have a problem, Rory, in the sense that if you are going to go into the each way market, you've only got two places, win and second. If that's what you're going to do, 
who interests you? Well, I think the market's a bit upside down behind the favourites to me because the bookmakers know what to expect here. Crankstone's going to be a short price favourite and they're ducking the, the short ones behind it, um, which are Hawkbill and Idaho. I don't think Hawkbill will be happy around here at all. Yep. I know that he has handled ease in the ground before, but for me, he's at his very best um, on a fast surface and a flat track. Um, and Epsom um, on very soft ground is not going to suit him. Um, for me, and Idaho because Ryan's on board is going to be much the the um, uh, the shorter of Aiden's runners in the race, and I think that's probably wrong as well. He's, he is um, a better performer in the figures than Yucatan, but there are reasons to think that Yucatan will step forward. Whereas we've we've seen pretty much um, it's an interesting to say with Aiden, even as a five year old, we've seen pretty much all we're going to see from Idaho. He's very high quality. He's got the form to finish second here if he shows his best form. Um, but I think he's he's going to be too short in the market because bookmakers are, are slightly scared of the each way money, and people tend to be lazy looking for each way bets in races like this. They back the second favourite, they back the third favourite. The two horses I thought who who stacked up best in the conditions um, for potentially each way are, are Vince Toss for Marcus Klug and Andrew De Vries. He's a really smart um, German performer who will handle the conditions very very consistent, very tough. Um, you know, he, he is a stone and more below the level of the favourite, but he is the kind of horse who will run his race. And Margaret Klug won't have taken him over to Epsom for a day out. He'll mm-hmm. be absolutely ready for this. As he said in the trade, this is his cup final. Um, so I think he'll run a solid race. And he's, you know, he's been 25 to 1 and bigger. I think that's that's wrong. I, I think he's got very little to find um, with the, the second best in this race. And as you say, Yucatan is interesting. We talked about him a lot last year. Um, he was a. He was a nice two-year-old who promised to do better last year. He only had the two starts. Um, despite his, his pedigree being by Galileo at a six perfections, he's a horse who's clearly taken time to mature. He's big. Um, he gives the indications um, in terms of his physique that he will only come into his own this year. He handles soft and heavy grounds. Um, his form leaves plenty to be desired, but he is the kind of horse you wouldn't be surprised if he stepped forward a stone on his form this season. And if he did, that could be enough to see him chase home Cracksman. And if Cracksman is on a, a really bad day for some reason, it could be enough to see him take the sweep. Um, he, he's definitely the each-way play for me. I think the German horse is very interesting as well. Um, Kevin, you've heard Rory's thoughts. Very much in agreement with them. What about you? Yeah, I think... I don't know if my opinion is strong enough now to oppose Cracksman, but I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's below par here. Um, I don't think the track suits him. Um, I know he's been there twice and uh, and won and, and run well in the derby, but like he was the best horse in the derby and he, he can aspire to get beaten. I just don't think it suits him. You know, he, he, the thing with Cracksman that makes him a good horse is his stride length. Like he's got a, an unusually long stride, and he he doesn't his kind of his mechanics aren't quite as good as his father's. Like Franco was was a good mover as well as having a long stride, whereas Cracksman isn't as good a mover he's quite wide and I, I don't take a track like Epsom will ever really allow him to show um to, to utilize that a stride like that and an action like that to best effect like I think a you know a big galloping flat track ideally or one with, one with a good stiff finish uh, would probably suit him best and he's a, he's a funny old type of horse like he you know he just takes time to go through the gears and when he gets up into the gears and when they start riding a bit more forward than the last year that was when he really came into his own. And I'd imagine he'll be good and close here. And the fact that the ground is a bit softer um, at Epsom, you know, tends to make it a, a bit easier for them to handle. 
But yeah, I, I just be a small bit concerned that this isn't this track. I was very impressed with him in the Ghana. Um, I thought he showed signs that he'd matured a bit. He travelled that little bit better and didn't quite need that little niggling along kind of little bit, little way past the midway point that he did in many of the starts last season. Um, so uh, I'd look, he's, he's quite possibly the best horse in training at the minute. But I just don't know if this race will show him the best effect. Um, like I don't mind Hawkville. I thought he handled the track fine in the race last year. Um, you know, he's got enough form on soft ground to encourage me that he'll be okay on it. You, one could argue that he was better than ever last time at Maidan in, in smashing up Poet's Word. Um, and, you know, like he's he's a reasonable rival for Craxton, as is Idaho. Again, like he, he he's run very well at this track in the past. You can excuse his effort in this race last year because he, he would have been one that would have been very inconvenienced by all that hustle and bustle and arriving late to the track because he isn't he isn't a great traveler at the best of times mm. um so that, that would have yeah, i i wouldn't worry too much about his run of the race last year and he and he was quite good at chester over a slightly longer trip and you know he should handle the ground just fine and i don't mind him i don't mind him or Hawkbill. um but i just don't know if that if that bit of a negative and a concern i have about cracksman will see him run far enough below form to see him beaten but i wouldn't be at all surprised if he, if he was quite workmanlike um, I don't necessarily know what the angle in the betting angle into that might be. I don't know if anyone's interested in, you know, buying or selling performance on the spreads. I don't know if anyone does that anymore. But just what the, what the hell is spread betting that. these days? No, I mean I I think it's interesting, Kevin, because Cracksman is obviously very very talented, but I almost feel as though he's here by default because I think this was going to be an Abel's race, and then she obviously picked up the injury. And, and that rules her out. And I just wonder if he's slotting in here because, oh, it's a Group 1 and it looks weak. But that 10 furlong Group 1, the Prince of Wales at Royal Ascot, would look much more his cup of tea. And while the opposition aren't exactly world-class, there's every reason to think that Idaho could be better. There's every reason to think that Yucatan could be anything. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting he's still in training. I don't think they're going to mess about with him. Like, he could easily have been transferred to America right now. The Niarcos family don't tend to mess around. So they must feel there's something there. And this is winnable if if something doesn't go right with Cracksman. And at Epsom, things funny things can happen. Ah, look, I'm, I'm a big Yucatan fan, as everyone knows. But and I've been pleased with, it, with his progress this year. He, he's running his way into form. But I'd, I'd be worried about the rain now. You know, I think he, I always thought he wanted fast ground. Hmm. And um, and he's not getting it here more you know more than I, I suppose we should have probably talked about that at the outset you know I think we had an update during the afternoon there they they switched it back to good to soft but there's more rain forecast tomorrow potentially so it looks highly likely it's going to be on the softer side of good and we'll wait and see how quickly it can dry out for the derby um, but that, that that would be a concern for him you know the German horse I don't mind his form looks solid uh, from you know. Um, not being super familiar with the German form book, but it looks good, solid form. Um, maybe a notch below what Idaho and Hawkwood have been doing, but um, he'll have a chance to advance his form here in, in what is, you know, by far the best race he'll have ever, ever contested. Um, and yeah, that's that's my angle. I, I don't. It's not a strong view, but um, I wouldn't at all. I wouldn't be uh, jumping up and down expecting Cracksman to put on a show here. I, I suspect this this could be. A, he, he might have to win ugly here win ugly and if he does have to win ugly that might not quite go to plan right let's move on to the oaks which has just seen basically every main horse bomb out now if you listen to the final forum podcast season preview the flat season preview then you are already in clover because surely you took the advice 
of Rory Delargy and backed Wild Delusion. In which case, oh, yeah. good job. Good job, everybody. What, what, what price was she? 16s, 14s. Nice. Now currently nice. trading at 3.5. Rory Delargy, Tickaboosan, uh, says one of the podcast listeners who is a former football pundit and is currently throwing a bottle of whiskey against the TV in Scotland. Uh, so well done with that. Uh, you can already trade out and be in the green, um, or you can just sit and wait and see, can William Buick and Charlie Appleby get it done? Or will it be another classic disaster for Godolphin uh, Aidan O'Brien throws a lot at it uh, even though September and uh, Magical don't run you could have argued that Happily could have run in this race as well uh, after her performance at the weekend but uh, let's start with you Rory your assessment of the Epsom Oaks uh, Wild Illusion and Magic Wand the Oaks how dare I how dare I the Oaks uh, wild Delusion, 3.5, Magic One, 5.0, Forever Together closing in. What do you think of the Investec Oaks? I'm delighted that Wild Illusion um, comes into this as favourite. Uh, I think she's got a, a decent shout on form. Um, we know what she could do last year. She was impressive when winning the Marcel Boussac. Um, she can race prominently, which I think will be beneficial here because we didn't really touch on it in the Coronation Cup. But I think there's every chance in the two mile and a half races that the horses will come to the stand side. Uh, and therefore, there'll be a more tactical element in those than in the Derby, where even if it is soft, they've never come stand side in the Derby. And I can't see anyone wanting to break that tradition, um, even on softish ground. But they've done it, they've done it before in the Oaks. Um, and I think in these conditions, the horses almost always come, come, uh, come stand side. If they get the rain tomorrow that, that has been forecast in some places and it's nudging heavy then that will definitely be the case and when that does happen then horses who get across early have a big advantage because the closer you get to that rail um, the more you are helped by it and if, you, if you're coming from behind it's difficult to come through horses you've got to come more towards the centre of the track and then you're more affected by the camber if you're underneath the rail the camber's your friend um, if you have to move off the rail to come with your challenge you're already fighting the camber and that's something to bear in mind um, Interestingly, the last time they came, Stanside and the Oaks, that I recall, uh, was when Katzia won for Godolphin, having won the Guineas. Wild Illusion didn't win the Guineas, but she ran very respectably to be fourth to Bilsden Brook. And I would have thought that William Buick will have her handy here. Um, I think they have to believe she'll stay. She is bred to stay. Um, I know it's a dangerous uh, thing to take for granted uh, with fillies, but uh, if you've got a, a, a filly who's capable, who's got the class to win an Oaks, and the form in the books to do so, form in the book to do so, and the run style uh, to race prominently, to be negative about your tactics is a dangerous thing to do. And I would hope that William Buick will go out on her um, and not necessarily make the running, but sit handy, uh, sit on the shoulder of the leader so that if, if and when they come across, he'll be in a strong position. And of course, it may be that some of the jockeys have thought about coming across the stand side and some haven't. Um, but it, Aidan O'Brien will be walking the track with all his jockeys in the morning and they will be discussing their tactics and where they want to be and where the best of the ground is and I'd imagine that's what's going to happen um, and that's something to bear in mind the slight negative for Wild, Wild Illusion um, aside from very soft ground which is a slight question mark although Dubawi as a sire has an excellent record on soft and heavy ground yeah. uh, and she's out, of a, she's out of a mountain mare as well so you'd have thought softer ground would, would play to her strengths She's drawn a stall one, which is not the best place to be at Epsom because over a mile and a half, the, the climb in the first few furlongs of the race, the first thing they do is sweep right. 
um, before they come left into the straight. And if you're drawn one, you're actually on the outside of the field for that first turn. Uh, and that's historically been bad in big fields. It's probably not a massive issue for her because it's quite it's a small field, only nine runners for this. And therefore, you're, you're not forced out of your ground as much as you would be, say, in a 20-runner derby. Um, but it's something to bear in mind. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't be rushing out to have my mortgage on her now because she was always going to come here in my book um, and she had the form at two to be a player. So it would be daft to leave her alone at 14 and 16 and one at the start of the season and pile into it at five to two or nine to four now. But I think she's a solid enough favourite. OK, uh, that is Rory's thoughts on the Oaks. Let's get Kevin Blake's assessment. So uh, we have the running and riders for the O'Brien team, uh, which are as follows. Ryan Moore on Magic Wand, Danica O'Brien of Forever Together, Wayne Lorden rides Bye Bye Baby, I Can Fly has the assistance of Shami Heffernan, Flattering will be ridden by Derby winner Podrick Beggy. Um, it's a big team for Aiden O'Brien, Kevin Blake. Not necessarily the ones that you would have thought that he would be running at the start of the season, but uh, improving horses all the same. Magic Wand and Forever Together took a huge step forward at Chester. The same can be said for Bye Bye Baby. I Can Fly is a horse that you've liked uh, quite a bit. What are your thoughts on the O'Brien team for the Oaks? Oh, yeah, tough one to work out now. Um, I Can Fly won't, you know... She doesn't. She doesn't shape like she's crying out for a mile and a half. She I, she would have given her a, a chance of getting it now on, on normal uh, ground. I say normal, good or good to firm ground on this softer surface. You know, it's just enough to probably put me off her now. Um, you know, as I've talked about all the season, you know, Aiden seems to really like her and think that she's capable of better. But further a mile and a half around Epsom on soft ground will, will, be, will be the circumstances that bring it out. I just don't know. Um, there's a few of these O'Brien horses that will definitely handle the ground, which would be a big help um, in terms of an arc of improvement. Magic Wand is probably probably has to be bang up there. What she did at Chester was quite impressive, I thought, for one that had shown next to nothing, really. Uh, going into the race, um, she—I don't think she was really loving Chester. She didn't corner brilliantly. Um, she, you know, she doesn't move like a like a soft ground filly terribly, but she should be okay, and she should come on from that run in terms of experience as well. Because she was still a bit green for me, and she was getting a bit lonely in front. Um, bye bye baby would have no problem with the ground. You'd imagine she'll make it. Her certainly sit very handy. Um, and all that experience she has will, will do her no harm at all. But the more than likely she's probably just not going to be good enough I, I suspect um, for, forever together I'm a little bit surprised she's quite as short as she is I know she was like yeah. last time and, and, and a bit unlucky um, well, I, well I won't say unlucky but a bit better than the form it's fair to say but you know I thought Magic Wand was, was by far the best horse in, in the race and they went into the race with similar levels of experience so um, I wouldn't have forever together reversing that form personally um, and flattering will handle the ground, but would she be good enough? Ooh, I don't know. Thought she was, thought she was reasonably well exposed last time, um, behind perfect clarity. Who, to be honest, is the one I'm probably leaning towards is perfect clarity. Okay. Um, I've watched all the videos of these again this morning, and she's just really likable. She's really likable, and she's she's an Oaks filly. You know, I think she she'll really stay well. And the, the style of her maiden win was impressive. You know, she just looked, she just looked raw. You know, very green when she won her debut, but was good and powerful late on. 
and then on her comeback I, I don't know maybe Rory would, would have better recollection I don't know if she was delayed in, in making her comeback this season but she was a little bit late back to the party in, in the Linkfield Oaks trial but what she did there was 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 really pleasing I thought and um, she knew more than she did on her debut but crucially she she was still a bit green but crucially she learned a lot I, I suspect because she was in amongst traffic um, you know she didn't get a hard race I thought she you know an experience around a, a track like Lingfield which has its which has some similarities to Epsom um, it, it was very just a very pleasing effort you know was it a good a strong trial absolutely not you know she probably didn't have to run to you know much bigger than the mid 90s to go and win it but you know the promise of there being better to come was quite clear to me and this seems to have been the target. While she doesn't necessarily move like a soft ground filly, um, her pedigree would, would give you plenty of encouragement. As um, I forget what TV show it was from, but uh, I did, this is one of those cases where her, her father was a mother and her mother was a mother. Now, you say... It sounds like Seinfeld or something, was it? You, you, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was Seinfeld, yeah. Um, we must play that clip at the end of the show, actually. It's the... Uh, it's the Kramer clip of, of him in an off-track betting shop and um, he's giving a tip to somebody because he, he's got word from someone and the guy's saying, and how, how is she going to win? <laughs> they love the slap. The, the, the track, the track is the track. happy. She loves, loves the slap. Her, her father was a mother. Her mother was a mother. Her mother was a mother? <laughs> Eat the slap. Eat the slap. <laughs> we'll play that. We will play that clip at the end of the podcast for Seinfeld fans. Uh, just, just, a, just a quick one though. Rory, you completely disagree with Kevin Blick regarding stamina and the family. No, I don't. I don't disagree with Kevin, but I think there's. Uh, I know the family really well, and I will. I will dig out the history now. Um, she's out of a, a mare who was um, listed place. She was second in the John Musker at Yarmouth comes um, in September, over a mile and a quarter. But um, the dam was a sister, a half sister to a classy mare called Cassie Dora. And Cassie Dora won the Lingfield Oaks trial by six lengths in 2005 and started five to one for the Oaks um, and finishing 27th. Um, that's, that's just one mare. But of course, her dam, her dam Claxon, who also ran in the same colours, the colours of the Hesman studs. Um, also won her Oaks trial in in, uh, in fine style. In her case, it was the Loopy Stakes. She won the Masaka Stakes at Kempton on a reappearance of three, which uh, a Guineas trial, Miss Guinea. And she won easily in the Loopy Stakes at Goodwood. Went to Epsom as a uh, fancied 11 to 2 shot, was 13 and a half lengths in fifth. Her dam, Dulac, also bolted up in her Oaks trial in the Hesman Studs colours. Um, back in 1994, she won by four lengths on soft ground, went to Epsom on soft ground for the Oaks and started a heavily backed two-to-one favourite, but was beaten double digits into seventh, <laughs> looking at the there. So it's interesting that the, um, the three... Da- I, know, I know we're not looking at her dam, we're looking at her, her aunt, if you like. Um, fancied for the Oaks, her dam fancied for the Oaks, her dam fancied for the Oaks, from a wonderful female family, by the way. Um, and all of them disappointed at Epsom on the day, despite the fact they'd all won easily in Oaks Trials and Easy Grind before that. So essentially so what I'm, you're I'm saying, saying just, just, just to wrap this up for, for the purposes of listeners and for Kevin Blake, what you're saying is her aunt was a non-stayer. Her uncle was a non-stayer. <laughs> She's got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, know, I know. I know this family well, actually, Rory. I, I had an absolute tramp of a filly from it. I once was there about ten years ago. 
They are, but it's a, it's a, a great black tie producing family. Um, oh yeah, super family to be fair, and some 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 uh, some notable horses have popped up out of it. Zaffany is has popped up out of that family. Uh, yes. Wilshire yeah, Boulevard yeah. Uh, and a few others. Um, but yeah, yeah look, the I, decent I, handicapper you're kidding is is flying the line for the family as well. I think I'm not saying that perfect clarity can't win. What I'm saying is there's a nice backstory here. If she was good enough to win, all the the the, um, the previous mares of race in in the Oaks uh, from the family all were trained by the the same trainer. John Dunlop trained them. They all ran the same colours for the for the owner breeder. Um, and they struck out every time. It would be a great story of Perfect Clarity, who was sold reasonably cheaply as a yearling and races in different colours from an entirely different trainer, could break that hoodoo. Okay. Ah, but you're, forget, you're forgetting about Bulwark. Remember Bulwark? Bulwark, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bulwark, sorry, yeah. Out of Bulaxi. He, he stayed yeah. all day. He stayed longer than the mother. <laughs> Wait, no. Don't you mean mother-in-law? If you're gonna if you're gonna do a couch oh, yeah, quote, that doesn't doesn't quite have the same ring to it. If you're gonna do a couch quote, make sure you get it right. Also, the apologies. Was mother, mother was a mother. The mother-in-law was a mother. <laughs> also, apologies to producer D. Um, so, who is it for you, Kev? Who are you gonna side with? Oh, perfect clarity. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I liked looking, and, and she might just not be good enough, but I like the the arc she's on, and I, I'd be the ground. The ground would worry me more than the stamina, but. I, I'm trying to draw some encouragement from the from the pedigree. Her, her dam's best effort came on soft ground, okay. and Nathaniel ha- handled well enough. And why she doesn't necessarily move like one like one that'll that um, w- would ideally prefer it. Um, I, I'll take my chance. You know, it's it's such a windy Oaks, and look, I wouldn't put anyone off wild illusion. Draws the only the only concern there. She'd relish the ground. She really should stay, um, and she has the class in the book. She's a Group One winner, so she she makes perfect sense, but. I, I'm just finding myself inclined to go to go fishing for an improver, and of those potential improvers, it'd be perfect clarity for me. Okay, uh, the first maiden to win that Chester race since 2009 was Magic Wand, so I will side with her. Although I would have preferred a bigger price if Magical was in the field, but anyway, um, I could see her going off an awful lot shorter. Uh, are you sticking with Wild Illusion, Rory, in terms of the anti-post play? I'm sticking with Wild Illusion. Yes, very much so. I'm, although, you know, the point I would make is, um, you know, you had a chance to go to the wedding. Um, you need to prepare to go to the funeral as well if you're if you're weighing <laughs> in now. It's been a very tough race on the day, Yokes. Yeah. You just look at the price of the winners in the last decade and it's it's been tough. The, you know, there's a couple of wise guy punts in there and, you know, and Kevin's mentioned one or two of them already. I, I like for, Forever Together to some degree as well, but I... I I saw her beaten at at, um, at Chester. I thought, oh, I might get I might get thirty threes about her for the Oaks. Yeah. And now she's what six to one, five point four. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we're 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 all of a sudden very clever in not underestimating the um, yeah. the O'Brien um, second, third, and fourth strings um, because they popped up a couple of times in the last five or six years, and they're short enough now. So I'd, I'd be more inclined to to um, figure towards the head of the market here. Yeah, and you could easily make a case for Bye Bye Baby as well, but. You've got to stick with something. I'll, I'll go with Magic Wand. Uh, just a quick line, Kevin Blake, on the jockey bookings, because we, we talked about this earlier on on the Matchbook podcast. I'm not entirely certain, and Johnny Ward was of the same uh, same view, that this is a simple case of Ryan Moore rang up Aiden and said, yeah, I'll ride Magic Wand. Uh, and you've mentioned this a few times before as well. This may very well be a case of Aiden O'Brien saying, you'll suit Magic Wand, so you ride that horse. Stunica will suit forever together. Wayne, you're going to be on Bye Bye Baby. Like, do you think it's more that than, than Ryan saying, yeah, I'll ride Magic Wand? 
Oh, look, I, I think that's the case most of the time, Emmett, and people will, will continue to insist that he has the choice. I noticed there was a quote there. Don't ask me where I read it now, but there was a quote from Ryan somewhere in the last week or so. Nobody picked up on it, but the way he phrased um, his, his him going to Kentucky to ride Mendelssohn was that I, I, I was sent to Kentucky. That's, okay. that's, the way, that's, that's the way he phrased it. Interesting. And I, I, I suspect that's the way it works. You know, he's not in Ballydale in the mornings. He doesn't get to sit in them in all their races. And in a case like this where he, he would have ridden a few of them, he'd have his own opinion, I'm sure. But I suspect there'd be a, there'd be a nudge. Yeah. In, there'd be a nudge given, I suspect. And I, I, I'm speculating. I could be totally wrong, but that's the way I, I suspect it is. And, um, and perhaps um, pundits and the market put a little bit too much stock in um, Ryan's mount, we'll say. Yeah. In terms of, oh, it must be the one Ryan's picked it, and I, I suspect that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, some some of these horses would be a first string for for another stable, and yet you're getting a bigger price because Ryan's not on board. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's... look, it, it's not it's not something that ever really works that I get worked up about personally. I, yeah. I, I probably I probably undervalue the the impact of the jockey uh, more than most. You know, I'm essentially assessing horses, and if if the jockey booking has conspired to make the horse like a bigger price, fantastic. Um, you know, all of the all of these lads that are riding are more than good enough to do the job. So yeah. if my, my advice would be assess their prospects um, independent of rider and, and make your pick based on that because none of these lads are likely to let you down. And then if you do fancy one of the ones that are ridden by um, people other than Ryan Moore, you're probably going to get a slightly bigger price than you should be based on the form book. All right, let's move on to the feature race. So on day two, the Derby, or as the traditionalists would have you call it, the Investic Derby. Uh, it's 4.30 live uh, at Epsom on ITV. The favourite is obviously Saxon Warrior, who is about 1.72 on the machine and is unbeaten. The son of Deep Impact, will he stay? Roaring Line gets the go-ahead to go for John Gosden. Oshin uh, will be in the saddle. He's currently about an 8.0 shot. And then there's Hazapur, Young Rascal, and Delano Roosevelt. We will start with you, Kevin Blake. Is Saxon Warrior a deserving favourite at the current price that he is? Or should he be taken on? And before we go any further, Mr. Kennedy, I've noticed you've converted to Desmos. Yes, I have. It's the future. No, it's not the future. <laughs> it's 100% the future. Go back to fractions. You're not in the matchbook podcast now. You <laughs> Proceed. 1.72, Kevin Blake. Is it too big? Should you lay or back? Oh, uh, look, I, I think he'll win. I think he'll win. Um, painfully boring now, but having really thought about this a lot. I'm struggling to see the hole now. Even I wouldn't be worried about the ground too much. So I see him as a as a highly likely stayer. Um, I'm not I'm not all that concerned about the trip at all. I think he'll be just fine. Um, I think they'll go hard up front. Um, I think Ryan will ride him with with confidence, and um, and he should get the job done. Like he's a straightforward horse. He, like anyone, if you haven't already read it, which I'm sure Emmett hasn't read it, but if you haven't already, have a read of my old column this week. So I went into fair depth. And How listened. dare you? I, How dare have, you say that? Have you read it? Nope. <laughs> have you read it? No. <laughs> Just as well. <laughs> there we go. But um, there's a few interesting points there. Like, he, he's ridden, he, he races in a, in, a, in a vulcanite bit, which is a, a rubber bit. Um, and he, he, like, he doesn't have any noseband on, have any description. Which you know it isn't 
entirely unusual for one coming out of Bally Doyle, but they wouldn't kit one out like that. There wasn't anything but tractable. Um, so while he, he can look to take, you know, an, an enthusiastic grip in his races, it's never any more than that. I don't think, you know, while that that tractability will be tested here more than ever over, you know, a 50% longer trip, um, I suspect he won't give Ryan too many too many troubles on that count. You know, I think he this is a horse that took Donica by surprise in the Guineas. He's a horse that took Ryan by surprise in the, the race and post trophy in just how quickly he can go through the gears. Um, and he ended up in front a little bit too soon on both occasions. So I think over this much longer trip, I think Ryan is going to have an awful lot of confidence in him. Um, he let the pacemakers do their work and let the race come back to him and try and hold on to that turn of foot for as long as he can. Um, he handles off ground well as a two-year-old. I don't think the ground will be a problem. I'm, I'm actually kind of happy to... You know, I'd actually be delighted with good the soft ground for him because he, okay. he just the way he move, just the way he moves, if it was rattling fast, I would just have the ever the slightest of concerns about him coming down the hill um, because he is a big boy and he does just bend his knee just a shade. So it wouldn't have, it would have been a slight concern. So if we if we end up on good the soft ground, I'd consider that pretty much perfect to be honest. Um, like I, I just I I can see why some people are throwing stones at him in terms of stamina. You know, when any horse steps, steps up fifty percent in trip, it's natural to question it. But especially at the price impact. Oh yeah, but look, he's he's the price for a reason because yeah. he's the best horse in the race by 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 a margin, I suspect. If you uh, are like deep impact, is it? Yeah, so, sorry, Go just on. make that point about deep impact. I think that's an important one, particularly given the oh, the emphasis for Coolmore. No, he's just a very strong stamina influence. Like mm. People forget he won over two miles. And yeah. He's been bringing that stamina through. He's out of a Galileo mare. And while pe- you know, people will conclude that she didn't train on, she actually ran a really nice race in the Oaks, if you watch it back. She was in a, she was poorly positioned turning in, and she, she got home. She got the trip. Um, she just wasn't good enough. Um, and you know, a little bit further back, you've got Dancing Rain and others. So on pedigree, like he, he, he really ought to stay. Um, and, and just, I'm just struggling to find a hole in them now. You know, I, I was very impressed with them in Newmarket. I thought that was the, that was a, a tricky spot for him, and, and he got the job done. And I think this will be a little bit like Camelot now, in Australia. I just think they'll find Saxon Warrior will just find the Derby a lot easier. He'll be a lot more in his comfort zone. And um, I, I, I'd like to think he, he'll, he'll win well here, to be honest. I'm very glad you mentioned Australia because this, the thought process seemed to be ahead of the Guineas almost a similar run style there that they would have been happy if he finished third but it was always going to be about the derby but the fact is that he won and and he traveled into the race very very well and he showed that turn of foot and he had that mix of stamina to go and win and you know that's that's fantastic on the cv but it does obviously give you a huge hope for the derby the problem is he's now a very very short price so if you're going to take him on kev and if you're going to try and find something at an each way price it was interesting to hear Michael Tabor on ATR saying that he would give a big shout to Q Gardens, um, who who well, there's been a few jokes about on social media. It's a lovely day out. It's a lovely day out. Lovely day out at Q Gardens. Lovely place to go. But um, yeah, he's been called slow uh, by by a few. But it was interesting that Tabor singled him out as a horse that he thought could improve. Um, there's my old favourite Zabriskie. Is there anything there that you think? could be a good each-way alternative or, or is this race an each-way betting race in your mind? Like, do you think that it is just all about Saxon Warrior? 
Oh, look, I think he'll win, but there's definitely a heap of interesting horses against him and that, that are worth discussing. You know, Roaring Lion is a really exciting horse in his own right, but I'd just be very worried about the trip and the track for him. Hmm. Um, he showed an awful lot of speed in the Dante in what was a, a steady run race. Um, and look, this, this horse, like I watched all his races again. I just I did this a week ago, and I did it again this morning just to make sure to be, to be fully confident of what I'm saying here. But this horse has a real tendency to go left. Like he did it in every one of his starts, bar one, uh, the Craven, in which he, he was nowhere near the front. You know, every time this horse gets a sight of the front, he goes left. And if you're naturally inclined to go left and you turn into the straight Nepsum and that camber is sending you left, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and you can, one can only imagine he's going to be ridden quietly with a view to conserve his stamina. And I can just picture it now. He, he's he, Oshin pulls him out to the outside and lets, lets him loose. And he just rolls down the top of that rail and ends up ends up up something's arse. Uh, I'd be very worried about the track for him and his stamina, especially. Or he carves the ground. else up, of course. What's that, sir? I'm saying, or he carves them all up. He gets he gets to the front, dives left across <laughs> four or five others. And here comes Zabriskie. Zabriskie staying as on <laughs> strongly. Zabriskie wins the Derby. A big shock. Asher, look. That's your luck at England, lads. As long as he wins by more than a nose, he's a certainty to keep the race. Oshin <laughs> <laughs> Murphy could take out a shotgun and blast Ryan Moore. He could do what he wants. As long as he wins by more than a nose, he's fine. Oh, the views of Kevin Blake are not necessarily he, those he, about the races. He just, he just better bring plenty of ammunition. I'm going to run out of bullets because I don't think he's going to stay. <laughs> All right, so that's Roaring Lion. You don't think he'll stay. Who do you think then is the biggest danger to Saxon Warrior? Who do you think is the best each way bet, Kevin? You might laugh at me here. Look, I was making the case for Hazapur all along, but I'd be very concerned about the ground for him now. Yeah. Um, if it, if it's softer than good, I, I'd be very um, afraid of that with him. Uh, he's a real low-moving colt. I think the, the, the good ground at Leopardstown was a big help to him. And to be honest, I was looking forward to good to firm ground with him because he couldn't get it fast enough, I'd say. And um, Shammerdal, I, I did my, my full research on that Shammerdal stat. Um, with with regard to the mile and a half and funny enough prior to last weekend there had been two that had won a group one over a mile and a half one was in australia and as we know the all racing beyond seven furlongs in australia is rubbish uh, the technical term is mickey mouse yeah rubbish um so so we won't read too much into that and the other one was a, a filly that won a, a filly's only group one in France. And then Pakistan Star won over a mile and a half in Hong Kong in a race that lacked depth. So We need him he, to come over. He's bonkers. We need him to come to the UK. He is mad. Um, but, but in a nutshell, Shamardal has never had a horse that's won a, a proper group one. All right. Line is, drawn is, is over has a poor So, so who, who else Pakistan. then? What's that, Rory? I'm, I'm guessing we're uh, we're not uh, in sync at all here. I was just um, I was just chuckling at Pakistan Star. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he, this not. is like this is like 1970s Eurovision. Uh, there's a, it is, yeah. It's, it's it's absolutely bonkers. It's like hello, Malta, come in, Malta. Are you there, Malta? Right. Right, Kenley, do you want, are you ready to laugh at my each-way option in the derby? Come on, tell me who it is. Are you ready to laugh now? Because you, you'll find this hilarious. All right, go on. DXB. Oh, for good. Do you know what? I was actually going to say it. I was going to say it. Bet, <laughs> the fact you're saying I'm going to burst out laughing means that you're going to say Mark Johnston's DXB. 
Tell me why this horse turns the form around. Why does he go... Why is he, he your each-way selection? Why is he going to turn the form around with the mighty William Haggis and Young Rascal? I think he's a good thing to turn the form around, to be honest. Um, he, he might not be good enough to win the race, but uh, I just... I've wa- I watched all his videos again this morning. I, I've read, honest to Jesus, lads, I've watched so many videos today. But if you, I, his two-year-old career was, was grand. You know, didn't he finished the season? You know, 103, and that was what it was. You know, fine, but no beaten better by the mighty Q Gardens. But I think he's much improved this season, and things. I didn't think he was ridden to best effect at Epsom on his comeback. He was. It was. It was his first run of the season. Maybe they felt he, he needed the run, and they didn't want to give him a hard race. But he was dropped in. You know, and he was often ridden quite aggressively at two and and stays very well and they just they dropped him in and he did all his best work in the final furlong there you know he, he absolutely handles the track and we know that he ran very well there he won there to see as a two-year-old um, and then he went to chester where he had a horrible draw and ended up having to be dropped in again there because he was drawn where he was drawn and he missed the kick you know a length so he kind of had to be dropped in there and he just wasn't loving the track i don't think he just it was all a bit quick for him and he picked up very well, picked up pretty much alongside young Rascal and finished just as well as him. But I think he's crying out for a more positive ride. Um, he, he's a proper soft ground horse. You know, he, he really bends his knee. Um, he, sh- he has plenty of form on soft ground in the book, heavy ground indeed at Epsom. Um, and I would just love to see him get a, a nice middle draw and for him to chase up the, the Ballydoyle pacemakers and not be all that far away and just be ridden like a horse that'll stay for that'll stay forever, that there's no doubts about his stamina. And I, I'd be pretty adamant now that he'd be capable of improving on what he's shown already um in, in that set of circumstances. And like he's rated hundred and ten. I know he certainly has to improve at chunk to beat Saxon Warrior, but I don't think he has to improve mountains to get to get in the frame here. And I could definitely see him improving. You know, I think I I've come around to this now today the more I watched him, because he was a horse that had largely been a bit of a meh for me for, for, for much of his career because he was not a spectacular two-year-old and, and last time was what it was but when you when you watch it all together and watch them all one after another and you see how his career has developed and what what his preferences seem to be I think there's definitely a case to be made there okay pop quiz hotshot DXB was second in the Zetland Stakes last year to Kew Gardens who was fourth in that race in 2016? Oh, something slow, probably. Go on. <laughs> the Derby winner, Wings of Eagles. There we go. Slow as a funeral. So get yourself, <laughs> get stuck into Kew Gardens. Turns out Michael Tabor is right. The Trends boys are going to be all over him. Uh, right, Rory well, Delari. To be fair, to be fair now, it, it, it's inter- I'll just quickly on Kew Gardens because it's interesting to say that because... It, Aiden would have given you the, the impression now that those couple of medium arms that he was be, was very forgiving of Kew Gardens as well. You know, it was a funny race last time. He, he let Night to Behold go. Like, I don't think Night to Behold was flattered. You know, the sectionals suggest he wasn't flattered, but Kew Gardens could have been seen to better effect on the day with, with a more positive ride, I'd say. And like, like you said, he'll stay forever. The ground won't be a problem. Uh, and yeah, look, he's probably going to be up amongst the pacemakers, isn't he? And he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd keep galloping away. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine Nelson will set the pace and Kew Gardens will sit off him and then take it up from him. And then ideally the plan would be the Saxon Warrior would then take it up 
Um, but I wouldn't rule him out. I wouldn't rule him out of running a big race. Um, and if you look at his form, he wasn't beaten far by Saxon Warrior. He's beaten DXB, and uh, he's lost a shoe behind Light to Behold, who's ahead of him in the market. So, yeah, there's, there's reasons to be cheerful if you're a, a Q Gardens fan. Um, Roy Delargy, let's get your thoughts, so on the Derby. Saxon Warrior, a very short price favourite. Um, your assessment on him, first of all? Yeah, I'm, I'm very little different to Kevin. Um, I think almost by default you have to be a bit of a naysayer when, you, when you've got a horse like him who's an odds-on favourite anti-post for a race like the Derby you have to mention the potential negatives the step up from a mile to a mile and a half the soft ground the track at Epsom I think they're all positives um, uh, we talked about this pre-season I said I couldn't I didn't see him having the speed to win a guineas on quick ground I thought he was much more of a Derby horse um, he looked a thorough stare to me at two, without being you know saying he was slow he was clearly high class to have won a, a, great, a group one, a very competitive group one at a mile. But for me, he was going to improve a chunk for stepping up and trip. Um, soft grind will be fine for him. There is, there's an old argument that, that um, uh, you don't want, you want a nice handy horse in the derby. You know, if your horse is, is, is big and rangy, then that's a, a negative and, and, you know, they might not handle the track. It's absolute nonsense. You know, mm. big classy horses do very well at Epsom. Mm. Horses who are, who are being forced out of their comfort zone tend to not handle the ground. Horses who carry their heads awkwardly are are automatically unbalanced. Horses who who just put their heads down and gallop in the first place tend to be absolutely fine. Horses like him who are very tractable tend to handle the track fine. And I, I can't see any major negative. Yes, you never know when really soft going is going to catch a horse out. And you never know when the vagaries of Epsom are going to catch a horse out. Um, but adding all that in, I still think he's a comfortable odds-on shot. And I think you look at the horses immediately behind him in the market, they've got much more to prove than him, um, even when you look at, at each way angles. I think um, I, I'm not I'm not against Kevin with DXB either. He's a horse that I liked in Nor- his, his race course debut was at Goodwood last season. He was hugely impressive in winning a maiden race. Uh, and then he didn't he didn't progress straight away. But he's such a typical Mark Johnson horse. Yeah. Um, that the, the progression comes, at, you know, in in chunks at different times. Uh, it's not always a straight line. Um, but he's a very physically impressive horse. He's 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 um, uh, he's lengthy. He's rangy. He's he's quite uh, he'd be one of the heavier horses in the race. I would have thought looking at him in the fr- in the flesh. And again, this is the kind of horse who's not meant to be suited by Epsom. But he's run twice at Epsom. And he, he arguably might have won twice if he wasn't ridden rather negatively on the second occasion. Um, he won that um, uh, novice race, um, sort of a win in your in race, uh, condition stakes, at, um, uh, over a mile at Epsom in, in October when the grind was heavy. He handled the track really well then and significantly on very soft ground. I think, he'll, I think he might make the running. I mean, I suggested earlier on that mm. um, Night to Behold could easily make the running because he did it in the Linkfield Derby trial. But... DXB strikes me as the kind of horse who will prove, will show his very best form when he's asked to really stride on early in a race. Mm. I think the faster they go from the start in a race that DXB's in, the better he will look. It may well be that running in a derby is just a little bit too tough for him, but I think it will actually, you know, it will bring out the best in him. Uh, and I wouldn't surprise me, given that Sylvester D'Souza is the likeliest jockey in the weighing room to make the running on a horse he thinks will be suited by it, that he can actually jump out and try to make the running because I don't think... Sorry, Rory, here's a a question for you then. Do you think then that we could be in a scenario where DXB tries to lead, Night to Behold tries to lead, 
and Nelson tries to lead, in which case we end up with a scorching gallop early on. And and that means it no. could set something up no, for... No, possible, but I don't think so. You don't think that'll happen? Yeah, I think I, I've got fed up really looking at races and thinking, oh, this might want to lead and this might want to lead and we're going to have a really strong pace and that'll set it up. That'll set it up for a, for a hold up horse. And it'd be interesting if anyone wants to conduct an experiment where, where they see races where they can predict, you know, three possible front runners and then say you should buy all the confirmed hold-up hold horses in this race and keep a record of it. I think most of those races don't fall to hold-up horses at all. Uh, I think, A, most of the time you don't get the really strong pace you think you might get. Um, I don't think Nelson wants to set up a breakneck pace anyway, if Nelson wants to set the pace. Um, and I don't think that Sir Richard Kingscott wanted to set a, a really strong pace at Lingfield. He was just given the opportunity of doing it. And again, he's one of the best jockeys in the UK at realising something's not happening and doing his own thing. Um, and therefore, he'll be happy to sit in behind if, if needs be. He knows his horse is heavy on stamina, so but he's not going to be all like the win. Whereas I think DXB, he just wants to really use that long stride. Um, and there is the vague possibility that Mark Johnson and Sylvester D'Souza might get together and say, well, no one's ever come stand side in the derby. Um, and if he, if he gets a good wide draw, they might say, let's be the one who leads by two or three lanes coming into the straight and then makes an unexpected move to the stands reel. Oh, like oh, 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 the scenes. Oh, that'd be fun. The scenes. That would be Daryl Holland. Daryl Holland in the stands saying, justice, champs. sweet, sweet justice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are you, are you going to go um, with anyway, DXP? It, so it, it that, wasn't my idea. Is that no, no, because I've, I've already put up Night to Behold, but I wanted yes. to say, you know, I, I agree with, with Kevin. He's a horse I do like, DXP. I don't want to see him held up on a race. I want to see him either well, either racing mid-division or handy or mid-division in a really well-won race. I think he will stay beyond a mile and a half in time. Um, but I think if he's going to win a derby, he's going to have to really use himself um, and do something um, that doesn't depend on others. Okay. And I, I think I think he is interesting. What kind of price is he anyway? Uh, he is currently about 29.0, 26.0, around about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd agree again with Kevin. I, I, I would, I would happen to be Young Rascal because, although it's, it's more obvious that Young Rascal, you know, who met trouble in that race, um, he was, he was spotted by everyone. He's only had the, you know, he, he won a maiden race at Newbury on his previous start before Chester. You know, it's obvious that he should have improvement in him. But DXB's got experience of the track. He's got plenty of experience behind him, but he still is improving as well. Hmm. And I think he'll run well. But um, Night to Behold was one I put up earlier on. I'm not going to desert him on that. He's um. Uh, from a from a really good family, he's the son of See the Stars, um, out of uh, Angel of the Gwine, Sadler's Wells mare, from the family of St. Ledger winner Millinery, um, and uh, Let the Lion let, Roar. Let the Lion Roar, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, decent family, uh, a family with plenty of stamina, but also uh, plenty of class as well. He was second on his debut in the the um, the Haynes, Hanson and Clark stakes, that's throwing up about four Derby winners. It's not even a it's not even a, a listed race. Oh, and never has been. It's got a great record of throwing up Group One winners. Um, and he was beaten gnarly by White Mocha in that on his debut. Um, and he he's won um he's won both starts since. He wasn't at all flattered to win at Lingfield. He does need to step up again, and of course he hasn't been taking on Group One horses, but uh, he he's very very likable and. Uh, unlike a few in here, his stamina is copper bottoms. Mm. Uh, so I think he'll be ridden to to use that. Um, I think he'll be in a good position. 
Uh, and I think he'll see it out thoroughly. So he, he looks like a solid each way bet. All right. A good Derby um, trial winner. certainly not enough. And beautifully bred as well, being by See the Stars. Now, the big question, Roy Delargy, having uh, previewed the three Group 1 races, is there any handicap good thing for Epsom at the weekend that you have unearthed for us, Rory? Well, it would have to be the dash, wouldn't it? Come on then, Rory. Oh, yeah, share um, it. Share the wealth, Rory. Come on now. You've got to love it. Well... I'll, I'll not put up. I'll not put up a single selection for the dash. I did nap the winner of the dash last year at twenty-five to one. Oh, so I do. So yes, I do like. Um, and what I liked about this horse last year was, and he'll be in it again. Now, Caspian Prince is the horse, and he may well end up being my selection again. He's moved stable um, since last year. In fact, he's won this race for for um, two different yards already. He's now with Mick Appleby, who could not be in better form. Yeah, flying. Um, Caspian Prince has been sort of marking time this season, but he loves this place. They've won the dash three times, shows what a special, special, uh, specialist you are here. And he went off a big price last year because he was drawn one. I believe he's drawn right in the middle of the track. And everyone says, oh, you've got to be drawn under the rail. It's so important. And what happens is that they all dive towards the rail to get position. They all run into each other. And the horses who've got lots of speed, who are drawn low, can often get themselves a really good position. And that's what happened. Loads and loads and loads of trouble on the inside. Um, those who got to the rail early went too fast to get there. Those who were held up and tried to come with a run um, met trouble in running. And Caspian Prince just set sail for home down the, down the outside, around the middle of the track, and just held on by a short head. Um, so I always look for a horse with blinding speed and a draw that ensures a clear run rather than a draw near the rail. Now, often, if you can get a horse who's got the blinding speed to lead on the rail, you've often got something to bet on. But if they're drawn in the middle, that is not a problem as long as as long as they've got the speed to do it and they don't mind racing without cover. And most good sprinters don't mind that. Um, so that's what I'll be looking for. And it could easily be Caspian Prince again. OK, what do you make of the former Michael O'Callaghan train, Blue de Vega, now with Robert Cowley? He's had a few runs for him and uh, has been supported. He's a sea of blue as I look at the At The Races site. Uh, I think he'll be taken off his feet is what I think okay uh, let's quickly ignore that one so um, he, and stick with my, I, mean, I, I know he's a sprinter I know, I know. He's, 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 he's very talented Blue de Vega no, but he, he's, he's by, rubbish by Luke de Vega, he's too slow Rory, Rory how do you say he's too slow he's, <laughs> he's bred for staying distances and what do they do in running him in a sprint uh, right that's it no um, no you're going to you're going to go but hold on a second. He's a five furlong horse. He's a horse who who is very good over over a stiff five furlongs or six. I just think I just think he'll be looking for room late on and probably struggling to get it. Okay, uh, so it's Caspian Prince the selection as it stands. But make sure you keep an eye on Rory's Twitter machine over the weekend and uh, see if he's sticking with Caspian Prince that race live on ITV at three forty-five. And the build up to the big one, the Derby. Right then, uh, that's just about it from us. We will be back with you next week. Well, actually, we're back with you on Thursday. So tomorrow or today, if you're listening to the Final Forum podcast on Thursday <laughs> afternoon on the ITV podcast alongside Francesca Kamani, Ed Chamberlain and Richard Hoyles. Uh, so looking forward to that with Kev. That should be a bit of fun. Uh, and then we're on ITV all two days as well. So please God that goes well. Um, Kevin, you have a tale to tell us before we wrap up. I do have a tale to tell. And you don't know what it is. I have no you idea what's going on. This story. <laughs> so I'll tell this as quick as I can. because this, this made my week. 
right, in terms of podcast-related chicanery. So you might recall a few weeks ago, I was I was rambling and raving about about a couple of horses I'd bred, and they mentioned Muta Hadi, yes, who was a grand was a grand horse over here, and I, I, he'd gone to Bahrain, and I, I just said that I'd found out he, he was after winning a couple of races in Bahrain, and I asked the listeners that if anyone was familiar with, with, with the scene, with the racing scene in Bahrain, that they might get in touch and fill me in on the details because I couldn't find a, a, enough online to, to satisfy my curiosity. And you piped up and said, well, we actually have one listener from Bahrain because yeah. we can see on our analytics where our listeners come from. Yeah. And would you believe that the other day I got a message from our one listener in Bahrain? No. And do you want to know who that one listener is? Go on. It's the trainer of Mutahadi. I, I swear this is true. The owner of Mutahadi. Oh, yes! <laughs> what, what are the odds? And I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's made my week. We've been swapping messages there over and back. He's won three out of his four races in Bahrain. Their season is finished now. He won three out of his four races. Uh, Frankie de Tori won on him twice. Um, there, he, he set me on a wonderful picture of Frankie the Tory doing a flying dismount off Muda Hadi. <laughs> oh, on Muda Hadi, he's a machine. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I've watched all his races. All his races are on YouTube there if you know where to look for them. And he's uh, he's trained by a guy called Alan Smith out there. And he, he he's doing some job with him now because he's quickening. He's, he, oh, he's trying really hard. He's sticking his head down. He looks like a right horse out there now. And and he's operating at a fair level. He's beaten horses that were hundred horses in England, you know, like last season. Um, so he looks to have improved, and he's given them all great great joy out there. And um, yeah, looking forward to getting them back next season. And Kev, by any chance, did um, this this gentleman say to you that he bought the horse on the basis of the fact that he listens to the podcast, or is it a coincidence? An absolute coincidence. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that cool? That's I, ridiculous. I thought, an, I thought it was an absolute... I thought it was getting wound up when I got the first message. <laughs> that is insane. I mean, but yeah, what a small fabulous. world. I got a, oh, I put a smile on my face now for, for the whole week. It was, it was, it was fantastic. And what, what a small world it is, yeah. So when are we heading to Bahrain? <laughs> oh stop I tell you it's great that he's doing well out there now ah yeah he's fantastic I'm really fantastic. really happy with him he's, doing, he's, doing, he's doing great out there and the Blake breeding empire is increasing but we will keep that for future final furlong podcasts <laughs> uh, right that's it uh, Kevin and I are live on ITV for the weekend hopefully you'll be tuning in uh, very much looking forward to it it's the derby it's going to be a fantastic weekend uh, Rory is with me on the matchbook podcast previewing the weekend's racing action alongside Johnny Ward and Steve- Stephen Harris you can listen to that now uh, Kevin's article is currently available on attheraces.com there is some brilliant insight also on attheraces.com <laughs> as they preview the derby I didn't read it Kevin but that doesn't mean I can't promote it for you uh, but you can read the excellent insight into the derby that at the races are providing at attheraces.com and uh, that is it we are done uh, we're back again next week as we review what should be a brilliant weekend's racing um, I'm looking forward to seeing Cracksman win or lose he is a superstar. I wouldn't back him with counterfeit at that price, but um, if you want to get stuck in, uh, best to look to you, and I will probably be taking a huge swing with Sabrisky, and if he somehow manages to go and win after a total fluke, after Roaring Line takes out half the field and he stays on and wins, <laughs> then I will be celebrating long into the night. Uh, from Kevin Blake. Good luck. From Roy Delargy. 
All the best now. And from me, Emmett Kennedy, thank you so much for all the kind words on social media and for tuning in. We will chat to you again next week on AtTheRaces.com. God bless. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.